Blog Talk Radio. from Los Angeles. Today is Monday, March 11th, 2013. March is the fifth year anniversary for Plus Model Radio, as you already know. If you haven't already, make sure you check out the top five moments of five years of Plus Model Radio in this month's edition of Plus Model Magazine. It's on page 169. And look out for a special anniversary edition of this show, possibly next week. So just keep checking out the the website and the social media networks for updates. And make sure you like Plus Model Radio on Facebook at facebook.com slash plusmodelradio and on Twitter. And Los Angeles saves the date next weekend, March 17th, at the LAX Embassy Suites is Posh uh, Fashion Experience. And this is going to be a fabulous plus-size fashion show during L.A. Fashion Week. And the admission is absolutely free. All you have to do is RSVP through the website. But the RSVP is now closed, and it is full to capacity. So hopefully you listened to me last week when I told you to RSVP for this show. So if you did, I look forward to seeing you there this weekend. Now, today on the show, we have Plus Designer and Personality Shonda Freeman. We have Plus Model Danielle Zavala, but up first is Kelly Brown. Kelly Brown is a communications expert working in the fashion and entertainment industries for more than 10 years. Brown is founder of NYLA, a public relations and integrated marketing firm, and a fashion blogger, creator of the popular blog, Fashion Insider. Brown has worked with some of the biggest brands in the world, including Pepsi, where she played an integral part in developing Pepsi We Inspire. She's handled the network and DVD launches for Showtime, Kevin Nealon, Cat Williams, Eddie Izzard, and Mike Epps. Brown's fashion experience includes brands like Gen Art, Weatherproof Garment Company, eDressMe.com, leading all of their public relation efforts. Brown has also played a major part in the acceptance of plus-size fashion amongst the masses, leading public relations efforts for brands like Avenue and One Stop Plus for more than five years, and has since worked with Ashley Stewart and presently with Charming Shop's brand, Catherine's, where she created Catherine's I Am. Catherine's I Am is a web-based community giving women 
place to tell the world who they are. Kelly Brown lives in Manhattan, and her goal is to inspire confidence and to dish the skinny on fashion beyond a sample size. Let's welcome Kelly to the show. And Kelly, are you there? I am. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being on the show. I'm excited to speak with you. Now, your background is in PR. So did you get hired by a plus-size company which brought you to the plus community, or did you find the plus community first and then solicit plus brands? Um, well, I started out doing entertainment, and so that was kind of how that happened. But when I um, ended up working in fashion, I was a VP at a firm, and so the firm obviously wasn't a plus-size company. I worked with a bunch of different brands, and it just mm-hmm. so happened that, you know, one of the first plus brands that I worked on was Avenue. And so that's kind of how I got started working um, in plus-size fashion, but primarily at first I worked in straight-size fashion. And I see that you do PR and integrated marketing. Now, what does that mean, and how do you provide that service? Um, Well, PR is more traditional public relations, so it's like, um, you know, whether it's fashion shows, whether it's um, editorial placement, you know, when you're reading a magazine and you see a pair of jeans on a page, um, that sort of thing, the communication side, and then marketing is really more what I've done on the entertainment side. Marketing is kind of like PR's close cousin. They're not they're not twins, but they're cousins. So it's not quite the same right. thing. It's more um, more about you know engaging a consumer and reaching out to people in a different kind of way. Now, with your marketing, does that include kind of like being a spokesperson for brands? Because I remember I met you in Los Angeles at Hot Curve LA Fashion Week, and you were representing a brand. Is that a part of uh, something that you do with your company? Yeah, that was um, I was with Seventeen Sundays, who um, that was a client of mine, and so that was kind of that's not marketing; it's more of a PR client, but. Anytime, obviously, a client needs me to be on the ground and be their face or to, you know, to represent them in any kind of way, that's what I do. Obviously, it would be easier for me to come from New York to L.A. than them from Australia to L.A. So, you know, I just went there and and acted as a brand and styled the show and, you know, did everything that they would have done if they could have been there. Right, right. Now, um, since you are in the plus community, can you give insight to the companies about specific things that the consumer is looking for? Uh, one of the things I hear a lot of talk about women want to see is diversity. Can you ever give give your feedback when you're working with these brands? I mean, I always give my feedback when I'm working with my clients um, in, in that way. If I'm working with a fashion brand, you know, they're hiring me for my expertise in not only communicating to the media, but in how we communicate what that brand message is to to everybody, and that includes, you know, what models look like, you know, feedback. You know, in addition to, like, my PR stuff, I'm often, you know, hired as a consultant for different projects, so people may want to know, you know, we're launching a new collection, wanting, you know, my opinion on what it looks like or, um, you know, how women will receive it just because I've worked with this customer for so long that, Right, I think, right. you know, I kind of have a, a good understanding of what kind of, like, moves the dial with plus women. 
and you know the plus industry you know fashion has changed so much in the last five years there's so many brands that you know when I was a teenager I felt like there was you know there was Lane Bryant and there was Avenue and you know obviously like J C Penney and things like that but there was no Forever 21 and those really um, those fast fashion brands that we have now and which is fantastic for girls, you know, and then all of the, the contemporary designer brands that you can find at Bloomingdale's like Melissa Massey and Anna Schultz, you know, a lot of that didn't exist. And so the fact that it does now, I think is really fantastic because there's so many different kinds of plus women, you know, we're not all the same. We don't all have the same taste. We don't all like the same colors and silhouettes, just like any woman, you know, have the style and, you know, is the spice of life, you know, varieties of spice of life. So, it's great to have options, and I definitely, you know, if a brand is if a brand is hiring me to talk about that kind of thing, then for sure I give my feedback. Yeah. And you know, going on with the giving feedback, there are a lot of positive projects within the Plus community that can't get mainstream press. Why do you think that is, and what tips can you give? Well, I mean, I think that with any project, it's really about creating a project that is press worthy. And, you know, there's a lot of straight size projects that don't get a lot of press. And it's just because I think when brands are creating things, they really need to think backwards. It's like, you know, we, I'll sit in meetings with either like my marketing partners or with clients and we'll have great ideas but at the end of the day, I'm always double devil's advocate and say, well, how do we get press on this? Because this is a great idea, but how do we make it meaningful that the press will care? And so working backwards is kind of my trick. You know, you want to obviously figure out how to engage your community, how to engage your consumer. But at the end of the day, if, you know, the press is not going to write about it, you know, insert elements in that they'll care about. That's kind of how I do it. All right, so it really has nothing to do with plus size because I, I always hear, oh, they don't want to cover plus size, but it's just hard to get uh, press. Period is what you're saying. I mean, it's. I think it's 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 both things, really. You know, it's not that you know, especially now, brands cover plus size so much more than they used to. I will tell you, for example, you know, um, many many moons ago when I was, you know, just um, you know, a, a, an account supervisor and pitching you know, for example, Avenue to, to magazines, most of them didn't cover plus at all. Like the only people who really, you know, at that point, like InStyle was very good about always including plus sizes, Glamour, but at the time, Marie Claire never featured plus, um, Lucky never featured plus. So it was kind of hard to get that kind of coverage. Now, everybody, in, in, you know, includes plus in, in some way, shape or form in their magazines and things like that. But I think that it's there's just less room. So the way that, you know, a plus uh, size section in a, a magazine will be one page and then the rest of the entire 300 pages are for everything else, there's so much less room for what we do. And so I guess when we're doing something, you know, it has to be super meaningful to, to the brand, you know, to the magazine, excuse me, to, to cover it or to the press just because there's less space for you know what they cover but I think we're coming a long way and I think that a lot of people are you know paying attention it's undeniable now you know our dollars matter our voices matter in a way that I don't think that they ever had before people are paying mm -hmm. attention and so 
you know, I don't think it's just the plus size thing, but it's definitely part of it. Do you think uh, social media has changed the game because, you know, people may not can get mainstream press, but you can get bloggers to cover your event, and isn't that just as um, good now if it's a very popular blog? Um, completely. And I mean, that's not just for plus brands, that's for every brand. You know, there was just a really great story. And of course now I can't remember where I read it, um, about how social media has really changed the game and especially bloggers and the level of influence, um, that bloggers have with their readers and how our, you know, as a blogger, how the things that we cover convert directly into dollars, obviously because it's digital age and, you know, we're including links and, when we wear something, our readers are saying, okay, I can see myself in that. I like that. Or that's a good idea. Or I didn't know about that resource. Or, you know, sometimes seeing something on a girl that you trust uh, kind of goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a hair product or a piece of jewelry or a pair of shoes or a dress or whatever the case may be, bloggers definitely move the dial. Um, and I think brands are still learning how to how to interact with bloggers and especially plus bloggers, you know, it was a really small sector for a second, and now there's tons and tons and tons of girls. Yeah, it's overloaded now. Yeah, and and from all walks of life, you know, whether you're a 19-year-old girl who loves to look really punky and cute, or if you're more into workwear, you know, you have an office job and you want to, you know, dress for work, or if you're more into, like, style and trends and fashion, kind of like no matter who you are as a plus girl, you definitely have options of people to, like, look up to, check out their blog, you know, check out their resources and and that sort of thing. And speaking of bloggers, you have a blog. Um, Tell me about your blog and some of the topics you cover. My blog is called Fashion Insider, and I always say that's fashion with a T. And um, I dished the skinny on Fashion Beyond Sample Size. And it kind of started because... For so long, um, you know, I've worked both in straight and plus size fashion, and I always felt like editors that were friends or people that I dealt with for work would always say, well, you look cute. Where's that from? Kind of thing. Just shocked that I even had options for wearing clothes. Like, they were expecting me to sort of be dressed in a toga or something. Um, So I just started my blog, and it's been a definitely – an interesting journey. I really, it's a personal style blog, so I primarily do things, um, do posts that are me wearing clothes, because it's really about just my personal style and what I like, and I'll talk about hair, and I'll talk about makeup, you know, things that I like, and then if I end up covering anything else, it's usually something to do with my life, whether it's a brand that I really love and I want to shine a spotlight on them, or if I'm traveling somewhere, that sort of thing. Now, tell me about this word, uh, fashion, and it's it's very popular. I think I found out about the word on Tumblr. Now, I know it's like fat and fashion, but do you think it means much, much more and what it represents? Um, I mean, I'm really kind of a face value kind of girl. Like, um, my blog is really not political at all, Um and and that's on purpose because I feel like everybody is allowed to have their views on being a bigger person and how they navigate life. For me, um, you know, fat is not an insult word for me. 
Um, it's kind of like telling me I'm tall and five foot ten, so it doesn't bother me at all. And I just thought it was a cute play on words, to be very honest, because you know the insider part is just because I've worked in this industry for a really long time, and I, you know, have in my past had access to a lot of brands and information that you know a lot of people didn't know about. But of course, through blogging and through the internet, um, you know, we all know what the cool stuff is now. And the fashion part, I just, I saw the word one time and I just thought that is freaking hilarious and brilliant and I love it. And right. it it totally is me, you know? Right, right. And what else do you have uh, coming up we can be on the lookout for? Are you still doing that campaign with Catherine's? Um, the campaign is an ongoing thing. Um, I created it, so it's kind of uh, it's a it's a monster of its own now. It's, it's a beast run wild. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm finished with that project. So you know, my job was to create something, a great way to engage, oh, okay. and and I did that. And um, so you know, coming up, I'm just working, you know, feverishly on a bunch of different things. Some things that you know I can talk about, some things I can't. And, um, you know, primarily it's really, for me, this is about blogging, and um, I love it. It's really great. It's been so much fun, and, you know, just meeting my readers, whether it's here in New York or I recently was in London for a client doing the um, the British Plus Size Fashion Weekend. And it was just fantastic to meet so many girls who, read. you know, it's it's kind of almost jarring. You know people read your blog. You can see the Google statistics. You can see the numbers, but when people come up to you and are excited to meet you or just, you know, want to say that they love what you do is always a really cool thing. So right now I'm really focusing on blogging and um, kind of just being my best self on the blog and getting it to where I want it to look like and, you know, representing, um, you know, my brand the way that I want to do it. So it's always kind of a work in progress. Right. And uh, are you for hire for your PR and marketing services to the public? <laughs> to a degree, I am. I am. Um, you know, brands generally know how to how to reach me. I don't really okay. do um, PR for individuals, um, you know, unless it's kind of talent on the music side and, you know, that's really, okay. really specific. But you know, brands definitely can reach out to me for sure if they are looking to do all sorts of things, engage, create campaigns, you know, editorial, all that fun stuff for sure. And tell us um, your official websites so we know how to keep up with everything you have going on. Well, the best way to find me is definitely on the blog. It's fashioninsider.com. And, um, you know, anything outside of that, my PR work, you can find my contact info on nylapr.com. That's like well, New York, I'll... Los Angeles PR. Right. Well, thank you so much for uh, being on the show this evening. Continue success with everything you have going on. And, you know, any way I can support you, let me know. Let me know when you're coming back to Los Angeles. Yes, I hope to get there soon. I have some, some friends having babies that I need to go see. <laughs> Uh-oh. <So, laughs> well, keep definitely. in touch. Thank you so much. Okay, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And up next on the show is Danielle Zavala, 
former Mrs. Plus America 2011, was born and raised in Yorba Linda, California. She is a loving wife, mother, and accomplished plus-size model with IPM Model Management. Danielle has been a featured model in New York's full-figured Fashion Week, in which she modeled for designers such as Sansi, Ashley Stewart, and Evie Foster. She can also be seen modeling for companies like Pinup Girl Clothing and Unique Vintage. She was even featured in the June-July issue of Latina Magazine. Danielle's modeling career and desire to help others led her to the Miss Plus America pageant in 2010, where she was crowned Miss California Plus America in 2011 and went on to the Miss Plus America Nationals, where she won her division. And Danielle is incredibly excited to take on the new role of the executive director of the California pageant. Let's welcome Danielle to the show. Hey, Hi, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So how did you find out about the Plus community and that it even existed? Well, back in 2008, I was doing some shopping online. I had just um, had my son and kind of was getting used to this new curvy body I had. And I actually stumbled across a couple pictures of Denise Badeau and another model named Natalie. And I found out that they had really cute clothing for curvy women. I had always remembered as a teenager being larger, there was nothing for me to shop at. You know, Tord came out my senior year, but they were still kind of more... Um, alternative, not really, you know, fashionable clothing for the everyday girl. And right. through finding those pictures, I kind of had this huge door open for me of women that look like me, and it was just amazing to see, you know, what this community had to offer. So after you discovered there were curvy clothing and curvy models, then that's how your interest in modeling started? Yeah, it was bizarre because I, you know, I was watching TV and the Torrid House of Dreams search was, you know, advertised. And I said, oh, that's right. Duh, they need models to advertise for women in my size. Why wouldn't I think that would be something fun to do? So I kind of just put myself out there, you know, got started with a couple photographers and said, let's take some headshots and just really started to learn more about the community. I think that's the most important thing about being a plus model is knowing who you're talking to, knowing your audience, knowing your clients, knowing, you know, the bloggers and, you know, the people who are going to be the voice of the community and to be able to kind of go along with what trends are happening in our own community. And you are a very diverse model. Um, and one of the looks you do really, really well is the pinup look. Um, now, are there special tricks to doing pinup modeling? There is. Pinup is my favorite because of all the genres of modeling, it's the most universal. Plus models, you know, plus model fashion is, is more towards the plus size and then there's straight fashion. But with pinup, it's universal. They don't really base it on size. And so what's really great is um, everything accentuates your curves. So if you're a plus woman, but maybe you're not as hourglass shaped, maybe you're more of a pear shape, this clothing will automatically fit your body to accentuate your curve and make you feel like an hourglass. So I always say a great pair of Spanx, 
or some undergarments and a pinup dress is the best way to make you feel very va va voomy. And I was surprised to find out there was a big pinup community, like one as big as the plus community, right? Yeah, so there is a huge plus, uh, I mean, a huge pinup community. There's actually a convention that I'll be at this um, this March 28th through 31st. It's located in Las Vegas at the Orleans Hotel and Casino called Viva Las Vegas. I'll be there with Pinup Girl Clothing, helping out in the booth. They just upped their size chart. Now they're going to be selling dresses from extra small all the way up to 4X. So it's going to be really great. All sorts of men and women come out, and you get that kind of rockabilly, you know, vintage 50s feel. There's shopping. There's a car show. It's a lot of fun and a great way for us curvy girls to get out there and kind of show off those sexy curves we have. And what what defines the pinup look? Is it like a look of from the 50s and that's what a pinup girl means? Yes, the pinup girl was something that back in the 50s, you know, our soldiers would have women, you know, pictures of their women at home that they would post up you know, to kind of encourage them to to hold on to that strong fight and come back home to these women they love. So the whole pinup era is about being sexy, but not about giving it all away. So the clothing is very form-fitting. It's not necessarily tight. It's just very form-fitting, and it kind of hints at the sexuality level. So it's a great way if you're, you know, kind of a girl who maybe looks at your body in the mirror and you think, oh, I'm not sexy, you know, I'm not happy with my curves. Put on one of these dresses, and it will just change your mind. I mean, I didn't embrace my curves at first. And through the help of some of this pinup clothing, it's really helped me kind of let go of those barriers and those inhibitions I had that, you know, my arms are a little bigger or, you know, I had that little chub that comes right under my arm and my boob. And so it's just a really great way to to show off your womanhood. And that's what it's about, being proud to be a woman, being proud to have your curves, it's just a really great opportunity to embrace your own sexuality. Cool. So besides doing pinup modeling, you are also a beauty queen. Now, why did you want to enter a beauty pageant? Since you were already involved in modeling and doing things, why did that interest you? Beauty pageants for me were more about spreading a message. The one thing I love about the pageant industry is that it gives me an opportunity to open doors with my beauty and my smile, but then use my brain and my intelligence to push myself further and spread my platform. You know, with plus women, we're looked down on by people that maybe don't understand us. You know, in the community, we're really strong and we really encourage each other, but not everyone out in the mainstream understands us. And this is a great opportunity for me to get out there and say, hey, world, you know, I'm a plus woman, I'm proud of who I am, you know, I'm a little overweight, I'm a size 16, 18, but you know what, I can still be just as beautiful as Miss America. I'm just as intelligent as Miss America, or even more intelligent, you know. So it was really an opportunity for me to get out there and use my voice to create a positive environment for girls who, you know, maybe there's a 13-year-old girl who's not happy with what she looks like. I'm a grown woman, so it's a little different, and using that platform and that crown to help spread a message of size acceptance means the world to me. And I would, uh, it's just been a blast. And you enjoyed being involved 
in the organization so much and being a, a spokesperson of sorts with your title that you decided to become a state director for the state of California. Now, how how do you like being a, a state director? It's amazing. I I was just so moved by everything that I encountered during my year of reign as Mrs. Plus America 2011 that I really felt that my role couldn't end there, that there was still work to be done. And so as a director, I had the honor and privilege of having 14 women under my wing and guide them through this process and then crowning three winners who I love with all my heart. I mean, I have an amazing Miss Queen. Her name's Kate. She's up in San Francisco. This woman is not only a curvy, beautiful woman, but she's a powerful, strong woman. She's got two degrees. I mean, it's insane. And then I have Melissa Rose, who's an amazing plus model herself, who's out there trying to spread a a message of, you know, mental awareness and, and helping people with illness like that. And then I have an amazing girl, Charlay, who's a social worker. I mean, there's all sorts of women who maybe never thought about entering a beauty pageant who I had the privilege of working closely with and watching them change other people's lives and impacting our society in a positive way and what I like to call a plus positive way where they're using those curves to consider, you know, pushing that positivity. It's just been, it's been the most rewarding process I've ever had in my life. And have you started accepting delegates for 2014, or is it too soon? It's not too soon yet. We're about to start opening. Um, we're, we're still taking interest, so anyone who would be interested in competing or at least getting information, maybe attending, could just go to www.caplusamerica.com. We just hosted our 2013 pageant in January. I know I had you there as one of my um, judges, and we had, you know, yeah. Marcy Barr out there. We had a lot of really amazing people come out and support us. So we were definitely starting to put out some interest, and we're going to be starting up preliminary competitions, uh, most likely this June. And even though you have all this going on, you're still focused on your career as a plus-size model, and you recently signed with IPM Model Management. Now, how was that a major accomplishment for you? For me, it was a big deal to say to anyone that I first met when I started this modeling journey, I got laughed at by photographers who said, plus-size model, what is that, you know? that's not going to be anything. It's just a phase. It's just a fad. It's never going to be anything. So to actually be able to to sign a contract and know that I have an agent who's out there pushing for me so hard, Fallon is an amazing agent. And she, you know, she just really made me feel like this dream of being a model is not a dream anymore. It's actually a reality. So it was a huge accomplishment to say, look, I can do all of these things, still maintain a personal life, but achieve that dream, that it's, it's not impossible. Anyone can, with enough determination, enough drive, and enough hard work can make their dreams a reality. And you recently appeared as a model on the Ricky Lake Show. How was that experience? That was so much fun. Ricky is amazing. She was just cracking up with all of us girls backstage. It wasn't pressure like, you know, you would think it was. It was just a lot of fun. 
to be able to to be in a setting where these other women were embracing our curves and, and making us feel good. I had a blast. It was so much fun. And I loved the piece I was in. Thierry Sim is amazing. Her clothing is just phenomenal. And do you have anything coming up that we can be on the lookout for? Yes. I will actually be modeling this weekend at the Posh Fashion Show you were talking about here in L.A. I'm super excited right. to work with Summer again. So that will be a lot of fun. And then um, last week I was actually just at a taping for Curvy Girls on Nouveau TV. So that will be coming oh. out too. All right. Well, you got a lot of things going on. So tell us your official website so we can keep up with everything. Right now I'm, my official website is still under development, but you can find me on Facebook under Danielle Zavala. And the, the California pageant website is? It would be www.caplusamerica.com. Well, all right. Well, thank you for being on the show. I'm so excited for you and everything you have going on, and keep on pushing. Thank you, Shanice. It was a pleasure. All right. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Take care. Have a great rest of your show. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And last but definitely not least is Shonda Freeman. Shonda Freeman was destined to do great things. Becoming a young mother at the tender age of 15 did not stop her from believing she would achieve all her dreams. In 2002, Shonda met and fell in love with the love of her life and current husband, Fat Man Scoop. And in 2007, they created their sex and relationship advice podcast, Man and Wife. With the combination of their wit, charm, and life experiences, they were able to provide their five million plus audience with a real and unabashed love advice. Man and Wife debuted on MTV in 2008. In branching out on her own, Shonda created Shonda Says. Shonda Says blogs and advice column offers her audience a place of experience, compassion, enjoyment, and fashion. Shonda has contributed her advice her advice articles to numerous media outlets such as Essence.com, AOL Black Voices, The New York Post, and HelloBeautiful.com, to name a few, and is currently writing her first book. Her lifelong love of fashion and her branching out and conquering her dream of clothing designer has come true, and in August of 2012, she premiered her highly anticipated first collection, Gemini, at Maryland Fashion Week and New York. Fashion Week in fall 2012 with anticipation still running high off the success of her fall collection. She premiered her spring 2013 Oceana collection at BET's Rip the Runway. Shonda truly encompasses today's modern woman with style, class, beauty, and inspiration. Let's welcome Shonda to the show. Hello. Hey, Shonda, you there? Hi, yes, I am. How are you? I am fabulous, and how are you? Listen, after hearing my bio, I'm doing great. <laughs> well, you, you have a great bio. You're very accomplished. Now, your career you. in yes. entertainment 
started in at 2007 with a yes. podcast with your husband. Now, whose idea was it to get this podcast going? Well, it was actually my husband's idea, and frankly, I was brought in um, kind of like a mistake. He was interviewing other female hosts, and mm-hmm. just one night in bed, we were going back and forth, and he was like, you know what, I found my host. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he, he was like, us, you know, we, we don't have to make up the chemistry. The chemistry's there. You know everything there is, so you think about sex and relationships. And there was the show. And so a year later, it debuted mm-hmm. on MTV. Now, how did that happen? Oh, my gosh, the show took off so quickly. I mean, we started out as a podcast, and at the time, there weren't many podcasts, and there definitely wasn't many African-American podcasters. So we kind of set up a precedence with that. And the fact that we were two, dare I say, overweight people, and we were African-American, and we were talking about um, sex and relationships with no boundaries, it just was, it just went from zero to 60 overnight, and people just fell in love with it. So when at the time when podcasts were doing so well and the views, and um, at the time MySpace was really big and we were featured on them a couple of times on their homepage, MTV came knocking on the door, and we were able to secure a TV deal with them in 2008. So how long did that run on MTV? We did two seasons on t- in 2008. But I'll tell you... Um, when we did the show, we were ahead mm-hmm. of our time with um, mm-hmm. sex and relationship talk. It was very hard for certain advertisers to be comfortable with us talking about it. Now, mm-hmm. if you put us on TV with that, forget it. You know, everybody's palate is prepared for it. But at the time, we were a bit ahead of things. So I had to reinvent myself, per se, once, um, you know, we were no longer doing the show. My husband was who he was, and he was accomplished, but it was like, okay, what do I do with Shonda now? What do I do now? And so you you moved on to writing advice columns, and you've been published on some very popular forums. I didn't know all of that when I was reading it. I was discovering it. I didn't know you were, like, on Essence.com, so that was awesome. Yeah, very. um, So much, you know, I found that, with my life, for whatever reasons, opportunities come, and they come quickly. And um, I've been blessed to do those things. And true to my Gemini nature, I love different things. So I love to have a couple of things going at, at one time. At, at the time, it was the writing. And then um, I started doing my vlog, Shonda Says, which I still do. I haven't contributed as much time as I would like to it. But um, I still love to do that vlog because it's my way of purging and it's also the audience's way to, you know, a lot of times I hit on subjects that they're going through and that they're feeling. So I mean, right. like they connected with that core audience that I had with man and wife. So you were already doing mainstream things. How did you learn about the plus-size community? Well, I have to tell you, um, the plus-size community kind of came to me um, through when I became – uh, when I hosted Full Figured Fashion Week in 2011 and Gwen DeVoe and Tanya Giddens came to Fashion of Figures, I was doing a hosting gig there, and she walked in and she said, how do you feel about walking for me? And I was like, well, I can't walk because I will tell you, 
Honey, Shauna trips over everything. I'm one of the most awkward people <laughs> you would In know. In those high shoes you wear. <laughs> All the time. I'm so awkward. Like, I trip over everything. But anyway, she asked me to host, and I just was, I'll never forget, I went home in tears because I was like, she doesn't understand that it came at a point in my life. I had just lost my mom, like maybe a okay. few months prior. And it was like that thing that I needed to make me feel good again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I will be forever grateful to Gwen for that because she made me, you know, she put me in a position that I'm. it opened the doors for me here, and then it just it just came out a beautiful uh, a point in my life that I needed it. Right. I needed and, it, yeah. And, and once you got involved in the PLUS community, you decided to be an entrepreneur, and last year you launched your own clothing line. Now, your first collection yes. was called... Gemini, you're about to introduce your second collection, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, what a lot of people didn't know was certain things I would wear, I had made for myself. Mm-hmm. So I know for myself as a plus-size woman, I always like a certain type of fabric to my clothes. I like a certain fit. Um, I like to look a little different. I mean, you know, I love sexy, but I also love to be a lady. So I always was designing pieces and wanting things that I could really see myself in. And I was able to, you know, create the Gemini collection under Curvista initially. And um, Giovanna Reyes, who is the head of that label, she completely embraced my design style, and I was grateful to her for that. But with my new collection, I'm totally able to – I took that up a notch. I wanted to go more glamorous more um more of my personality like the gemini was the two sides of me and two sides of who i am and you know at the time color blocking was really big so it just was a great time to to have that collection but this new collection i'm so excited about because it's ultra glamorous to me it's just it's so feminine it's so ladylike it's so sexy and it's different visually which i love i love being different Okay, now I have a question, and I hope this is not a dumb question, but um, mm-hmm. Gemini is the name of one collection, and Oceana yes. is the name of another collection, so are they like two separate lines, or is it all under, like, or is the name of your clothing line mm-hmm. Shonda Freeman? No, the, oh, okay. no, my line is called Shonda Style, but every okay. time I've, the two times that I've done a collection, I've named the collection itself. Like the first okay. collection was Gemini. This one was Oceana. And the reason why I named that is because at the time, black and white and stripes was very strong, and I had did that. But I, every time I design, I try to think of things that inspire me. I love Miami. If you come to my home, everything is white. I have white furniture. I have palm trees in my house. Um, you know, I wanted things that remind me of the ocean and the sea and the colors and everything regarding you know, the beach and all those colors you'll see in the new collection. Okay. And what's yeah. the size range and the price point for your clothing? Well, my price point is in the twos, I, I will say, because the the size range will be from medium to 3X. And okay. the reason why I did that was because I, you know, I love being a plus-size woman, but women of all sizes embraced my last collection and um quite frankly when when I did rip the runway a lot of the smaller models were asking 
the girls in my clothes? Were those clothes available in their size? So I'm happy to say that, you know, I'm able to have that range of um, sizes for women and the fact that, you know, the price point, it may be a little higher than what most people may be used to, but I feel that I'm comparable with other designers in this arena. Mm -hmm, I'm in the mm -hmm. same price point. Right, right. So it's high-end clothing. So you have a specific demographic that that looks for that type of thing. Right. Like with my new collection, I did like five different white dresses. And I did that because, number one, I love to see plus-size women in white. Number two, a lot of plus-size women are afraid to wear white. They think it's not going to look right because, you know, my cellulite is going to show. It's going to make me look bigger. When actually, if you have great undergarments, you can wear any color. And I want to stress that to women with great undergarments, you can wear any color. And the fact is, think about how many of us are invited to different occasions and we want to wear white or there's a white party and we all show up in the same dress because yeah, the selection for white the dresses right like you love a dress but you're like i'm not going to get it because i'm gonna have 10 12 other chicks in the same dress i don't want to do that so i right. wanted to offer a variety of white i wanted to incorporate um sequin uh you know i just wanted visually different clothing with this collection and i wanted to be Glamorous, like I love old Hollywood. So one of my pieces pieces is called the Constance dress, and I named it after Constance Bennett. She's one of my favorite uh, old Hollywood screen sirens, and I just I love her style. So you know I designed a dress around that. So it's ultra glamorous, and people loved it. Uh, at Rip the Runway, people screamed when it came out. So I'm really proud of this particular collection. Now, speaking of Rip the Runway, as you just mentioned, mm-hmm. you were yes. able to debut your uh, second collection there. How did this opportunity come about from, for you? Because you're a fairly new designer, and this I'm, is a You know, this doesn't happen. Class. Yes. Can I just tell you, it's bigger than me. I was literally supposed to show my collection at a show in New Jersey, the exact day of that show was a snowstorm, okay? I couldn't show, and I was like, great. How am I going to show my line? I wanted to premiere the line, not online, but in a big way. You know, I was able to do the first one that way, so maybe, you know, I was a little spoiled. I wanted to be on the runway as a premiere as opposed to just, you know, on the site. So two days later, I get an email because unbeknownst to me, the people behind the scenes at um, Rip the Runway, they ask certain insiders, whose clothing do you like? What designers do you think would be good? And I had a few people email me and say that they were asked and that they recommended my line. So that now wait, now let me stop you right there. I'm glad you said that because I think some mm-hmm. people were thinking that the connection with your husband in music that maybe he was connected to BET in some way and put you on, but that's not the no. case at all. No, here's the thing with that. Even if that was the case, but here's the thing with that, though it's not. If you don't have great work, they won't pick you. Right. So you still have to have a quality and a level of excellence to your work for them to present you. You under, you know right. what I mean? Like you still have right. to have um, a level of um, work that 
they feel that, you know, I'm comfortable enough to put it on that stage. And I was so grateful for that because my last collection, the quality of the pieces, my fabrics, the fit, um, all those set a tone, and, and it was able to create a reputation of excellence, mm-hmm. I guess is the word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right. again, your work speaks for itself. If right. my husband recommended my line and it was crappy, they wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't call, you know. So the fact that other people um, recommended me and things, it was a blessing. And, you know, I know I'm humble enough to know and understand that that doesn't happen to everybody. I've only been designing less than a year for that right. to happen. That is just, you know, that's work bigger than mine, than me. And I realized that that was something that God wanted me to have. And I fully embrace that. I'm humble enough right. to fully embrace it and, you know, be thankful for it and just go and move forward. And when does Rip the Runway air? It airs on the 20th next Wednesday, I believe. Okay. Next Wednesday now, at but, 10 p.m. Now, besides that, um, you're writing a book? Now, what are you writing yes, a I book am. about? <laughs> Well, you know, everyone asks me, is this a tell-all? Actually, it's not. It's based on my life because so much has happened, you know. You know, a lot of times people just see the result of things. They don't understand the back end and the struggle and the fact that, you know, I had my daughter when I was in 10th grade, you know, and I had to go to school every day and I had to go to my classes and I had to study and I still had to be a mom. And, you know, I went through a lot. I was on welfare and I always say to people, listen, I was on welfare when they had the real food stamp books. Nowadays, you guys get a Visa card, a debit card. No, I had to go up there with my books and pay for my food, you know. And, (laughs) you know, I had to do that. And, you know, I, you know, me and my daughter lived in a shelter for two months because we were struggling. It just was so much that I went through and a bad first marriage. And, you know, I dealt with that and just so much that I went through. people just see you now, but they don't know your story. Absolutely. So it's just a a book about, you know, though life may not roll out the way that you want and it doesn't go the way that you expect that, you could still become something if you have it in you to become something. And, you know, let life teach you lessons but learn from them and move on. And that's basically what the book is about. So do you actually have a date to look out for or are you just still getting your thoughts together? I'm still, you know, I'm looking to launch that in June of this year, but oh, I'm really? still, you know, yeah, you know, I, you don't realize if you, if you think about it and you, if I said, Shanice, go, I want you to go home and write your story. You will not believe any woman that's listening. If I tell you to write your story, what happens to you when you do that? Because you start from the beginning when you're a little girl and you think about your experiences and you think of the woman you are today. And you see a lot of things that where you were a child, how it shaped who you were, and how being a child and your experiences through your childhood, how that affects you, your relationships with others, your relationships with your man or your woman, all of that. You know, it's a cathartic process to write a book about yourself. And it's not something that you could just say, oh, I'll have this done. It's it's an emotional process. It really is. And then you start thinking of things like, oh, my gosh, I forgot this, or, oh, i got to put this in there. It's, uh, it's, I've had my tears with this some nights, but um, I feel that it will be a book that will resonate extremely well with men and women. 
So this is going to be a really big year for you. This is your breakout year. I feel like it is, and I will tell you this. I felt like um, in 2012, I felt it then. And I don't, I don't say that to be cocky, but I say it in terms of a spirituality, meaning like you know for whatever reason innately um, you have a spiritual, a spiritual connection to what you're doing. And I had that, and I felt like 2013 was going to be good for me. I had been through so much in the past two years prior, and I felt like, you know what, I'm going to claim this year, and for whatever reason, you know, my claim came in time with God's claim <laughs> because mm-hmm. sometimes when we want it, it doesn't always come that way. It comes when, with all in God's time, all right. in God's time. And it feels like the connection's there for both. So I'm embracing it. I'm being humble, and I'm working hard, and I'm praying that um, I don't just, just do clothing. I want to become a brand. I want to be able to offer, you know, hair, housewares. Okay. You know, there's so much more that I wish to do, and that's the beauty of um, being a brand. You could just, you know, master one thing and then move on and do something else. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and let me ask you this. So you, yes. you know, done a lot of things in entertainment prior to getting involved in the Plus community. What mm-hmm. do you think is the biggest difference between mm-hmm working mainstream industry and plus industry? I think there isn't much of a difference, honestly. Okay. I think okay. I really don't think there's much of a difference. I think we're all women, and because of that, we all bring our distinct um, personalities to things. And even if you were to go into an office pool it would still be the same type of dynamic any in anything where there's a lot of women there's you're going to have women that are insecure no matter how beautiful you're going to have mm-hmm. women that are confident and it could be misstrewed for um being arrogant you know it all it's all in how you i feel how you carry yourself and and you may and this is in any business you may have expectations that others may not have, or you may view something a certain way that others are not viewing, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that person's right and you're wrong or whatever. It's just that the expectations are different. So I do think that being smart about things is always being humble, always being lady, and always being about business and understand that business and friendships may not always coincide but if you're in this to make money and to to be a business, then you have to understand and know what that is and respect the business and respect right. it because you can lose relationships that you wish you hadn't. And you know, if you want to be able to be, to be known for being a professional, you have to act professionally. Oh, at all that's time. good advice. Good advice. Yeah, and don't ever lose your humility because there's going to always be a prettier person. There's gonna always be a pretty, a prettier girl, a sexier girl, you know, a bigger-breasted girl, a smaller-waisted girl. But if you're smart, none of that matters. Right. If you have the brains, you'll last. Right. If you have the brains, you'll last. So, what else do you have coming on? Because we know you have the brains. So, what else do you have <laughs> coming up? We can be on the lookout for. Well, my biggest thing I'm so proud of, I'm coming to see you. 
I'm going Woo-hoo! to be part of <laughs> the Posh LA uh, Fashion Week, and I'm premiering there in LA. And I absolutely love LA. I wish to move there in five years. And, uh, you know, just the fact that I can uh, show my clothes there is really huge for me, and I'm humbled by it, and I'm I'm grateful to Summer and the whole Posh team for bringing me out and um, being able to show the clothes to the West Coast over there, and I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, working on my book, I'm also working on um, my own little pilot thing for TV. You know, I'm... I like to keep busy, and I like to have my hand in different things. And uh, I always like to be relevant and stay relevant. Uh, though I accomplish one goal, I always have something else that I wish to accomplish, and I think that's important. Uh, don't get too comfortable in anything. You know, master one thing but move on and grow as a person and as a woman and always keep your confidence, always be a lady, and you know, just enjoy life and live it with passion. Hey, I hear that. And mm-hmm. tell us your official website and social network so we can keep up with everything Shonda. Well, my official website uh, is shondafreeman.com, and that's spelled S-H-A-N-D-A-F-R-E-E-M-A-N.com. My Twitter is at Shonda Says. My Instagram is... Shonda Says, Shonda Freeman, and I'm also on Pinterest under uh, Shonda Says, and I actually, <laughs> I'm actually addicted to Pinterest. I absolutely love Are you? Pinterest. Oh, my gosh. I um, I always knew, I was like, you know, I got to create a Pinterest account, and I went on and did it, and it's literally, for me, like a vision board. You know, back when, right. what was that book, The Secret? You know, and they were like, well, you got to create a vision board if you want to see where you're like. You know, if you get on there, you almost get addicted to it because you're like, oh, no, I need to put this on. So I've had a lot of fun on Pinterest as well. So, I'm, you know, I'm trying to um, be my own little mogul. <laughs> I'm a mogul in right. the making. <laughs> That's right. Well, continue success yeah. with everything you got going on. I look forward to seeing you this weekend and seeing your line in person and congrats again on Rip the Runway. That's absolutely amazing. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you and going to dinner next weekend. Yes. All right. I'll (laughs) see you then. Okay. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. And thank you to all of my fabulous guests this evening. Tune in next week and we'll have more plus industry professionals with stories to not only inspire you but to keep you connected with the Curvy community. If you're interested in advertising on our show or being a guest, visit the website at plusmodelradio.com. And if you haven't already, don't forget to join our fan page on Facebook at facebook.com slash plusmodelradio and on Twitter at plus model radio i've been your host this evening shanice lewis thank you for tuning in and supporting until next time keep thriving in your curves and be blessed
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.